Welcome to Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. But today we're not in the Metal Cavern. Today the Metal Cavern is being renovated and repainted by my lovely wife. So I have been exiled out here into the second study which is where I exiled most of my computer stuff that I don't use anymore. So I hope that uh, you'll still feel as though we are still very metally and uh, very caverny, even though we are currently study-y. Today's podcast is centred on the show The Goodies. Can any of you believe that The Goodies are 50 years old or the show started 50 years ago this month? Um, as someone who has just turned 51 recently, I find that uh, very difficult to believe and it makes me think about how young I was when I first saw the goodies uh, on TV and how long it's been (laughs) since those days. So I'm going to look back today a little bit. uh, It's not very scripted today, so it might take a bit longer than usual and might be a bit more waffly than I like to be, but I'm going to look back on the show itself and uh, how I felt about it when I was a kid and then go through some of my favourite episodes and hopefully that will inspire you to go back and and look for some episodes yourself. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. On November 8, 1970, the first episode of the television show The Goodies was aired. In much the same way that it is difficult to believe that Monty Python's Flying Circus is now 51 years old, so it is with The Goodies that this groundbreaking series has reached a half century of existence. And it is slightly ironic that Australians have not only seen the episodes more often than the people of the UK, due to the different attitude in how it comes to replaying them on TV, but the trio are probably far more popular in Australia than they are in the homeland. Now, is that an overreaction? Perhaps. But the fact that there was, in recent years, tours of live shows in Australia that only took place in Australia, perhaps speaks volumes for that thought. Tim Brooke Taylor, Graeme Garden and Bill Oddie all went to Cambridge University and were members of the well-established Footlights Club, where so many of their contemporaries also made their start. From here, the three of them worked together and with others in several TV shows and radio programs before they finally came together to create their signature and best-known work. 
One of my great childhood memories is of watching the goodies. The majority of the times their series were shown on TV in Australia, it was in the 6pm time slot on ABC TV, generally from Monday to Thursday, and was then followed by Doctor Who at 6.30, leading into the 7pm news. When the goodies wasn't on, there were other shows such as Cat Weasel and Monkey instead. Or in the very old days, we had Artie Jack. Or in the mid-1980s, we had Graham Bond's other show, News Free Zone. But it was the goodies which was my favourite of those. And it seems remarkable that a total of 76 episodes were made. While all the series were often repeated on ABC over the years, there are some episodes that just stick in your mind better than others. Now, whether that was because they were repeated more often than others, I can't say for sure. But I do know that there are several episodes which I still know almost word for word, because in the years before the VCR had been invented, I used to record the audio of shows onto my portable tape player and then play them back when I went to bed at night. For years, I had one particular tape that had the episode The Stone Age on one side of the 60-minute cassette and the episode The Race on the other side. And I can, to this day, visualise those whole episodes because that's what I did every night when I went to bed, listening to these episodes over and over again. Madness? Crazy? Perhaps. But I loved having it, and I loved listening to it. And so the three actors, Tim Brooke Taylor, Graham Garden and Bill Oddie, played versions of themselves. The goodies would do anything, anytime. And that was their motto. And each show had some sort of different uh, version of them coming out, taking on a different role that people would come and ask them to do or something that they felt they had to fight for. Tim Brooke Taylor, of course, played the uh, very... Moni, monarchist uh, elite type of uh, character who was also the perpetual coward when it came to any sort of danger. Graham Garden was the mad scientist type who was often inventing things that would be used in the episodes. And Bill Oddie was the renegade, the anti-establishment uh, loudmouth who would fight for anything, for any cause. The best part about most of the episodes were that either they would fight for against uh, the people who had hired them, they would do what they could to try and solve their problem, anything, anytime, 
or they would fight the people who were trying to hire them. Or in the best episodes, you generally found that one of the goodies was up against the other two. And that created uh, the tension of the episode where usually the single person was trying to rule the world or create something or do something here, and the other two were doing their best to avoid that happening. And that's where, for me, the best episodes occurred. If there was a little bit of tension between the characters, that was where the, the comedy really came to its, to its peak. It's interesting when you look back now at uh, the few occasions that they referenced Monty Python's Flying Circus in some of the episodes. Indeed, in uh, The Goodies and the Beanstalk, which I believe was Series 3, but don't quote me on that. At the end, John Cleese actually plays a genie and uh, comes on and says, and now for something completely different. And there are times when TV programs came on with the, the theme music or uh, they had Gumby characters as a part, let's say, when they had uh, the zoo, they had their famous zoo, so they had the Gumbies as part of their zoo. So even though Monty Python came along and, and were must have, you know, had to have been the dominant sort of comedy troupe at the time in those early 70s, the goodies still looked to establish themselves in that way, but were not afraid to reference the fact that Monty Python were breaking down barriers and, and creating that kind of irreverent humour that they were also being involved in. Some of their episodes were, uh, I guess, in a way you could say they are groundbreaking or they were uh, looking to make a statement. Uh, some of them certainly wouldn't be allowed to be shown these days. Uh, there's at least two episodes I can think of where Bill dresses up in blackface, one uh, in the episode where they're, they're trapped in their house in a block of concrete and he decides he's become a, he's decided he's become a black Muslim and he paints himself in uh, black boot polished. <laughs> I think in this day and age that would be frowned upon. Uh, and they also did uh, a, a whole episode where they sort of took on the black and white minstrel show, which was popular in the UK in the 60s and 70s, that also would feel as though it's probably a little bit of out, of, out of place in today's society. Um, but they did at least one interesting one, where they, they, which was called South Africa, where they were running a travel agency and they went to South Africa and all of the all of the blacks emigrated to England, so there was no one for the the white South Africans to, um, well, use as <laughs> use as apartheid with. So they then, of course, changed it to apartheid, and it was all the small people, which of course Bill Oddy uh, fell under that uh, measurement stick and was a part of all the uh, all the jockeys were all part of that as well. So in an episode like that, at least. They were showing the fact of how, uh, well, silly and how apartheid, how bad apartheid was, but being able to at least find some humour in it and um, use their comedy to showcase a problem that was happening in the world, but still, you know, make you make a show that was worth watching and was actually amusing to watch.
unfortunate in this day and age with so many streaming services that a show like The Goodies isn't being shown anywhere or that all the episodes uh, exist in the in a, in a reasonable form to be able to be streamed. At least, see, Monty Python's Flying Circus certainly is on the streaming platforms and all the are available on DVDs and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Goodies episodes, as far as I'm aware, none of there's no... Not, they haven't all been released on a DVD platform. There are best of where they have the best episodes, and I think there's about probably 20 or so at least episodes out there, but certainly not all 76. Um, I must admit, I was lucky a few years ago where uh, a user on YouTube put up all the episodes, all 76 episodes on YouTube, and they were available to actually download as well. So in the days before all of that stuff got tightened. I was lucky enough to be able to download all the episodes. So I have a copy of every goodies episode ever made. And you look back through them and you can see how they started and how the shows were written and how they were performed. And that there, you know, it wasn't always, I suppose, uh, completely uh, foolproof or mistake-free or anything like that. And then as they got going, they really began to tighten up and the comedy was tight and, and they obviously would just go off and do their bit and then they would cut it and you could see certain cuts in episodes where they've obviously just cut it to tighten the episode up. But the actual comedy and the acting and all that kind of stuff got much better as they moved along. It was interesting too that they most of the series they did were seven episode series and I don't know why they came up with the number seven, it's just that it happened to be. Seven, but certainly um, at least I think it might be three series. It might be series. Oh no, probably no. certainly series four. Is it no, it's five. So I'll, I'll go five. I'm going with at least season five and possibly season six or seven. Were thirteen episodes, and there are a couple of specials in there as well. Um, I suppose what I'm coming down to is that. Everyone has their favourite episodes, and I could probably give you out of those seventy-six episodes. I think there there may be maybe a dozen that I could probably not watch again. I'd be happy not to. There's probably another dozen or so that I can watch and get some humour out of, and then so you've got about fifty episodes that I could happily watch at any time. So what I did uh, is I watched most of the episodes again over the last month. Uh, more for fun, more for reminiscing the fact that it's 50 years, but I also wanted to come down with 10 episodes that I feel um, are the best episodes and, and the funniest, to me at least. So in no particular order, I'll go through, well, actually the order will be chronological. So the first one I think is terrific is uh, Season 1, Episode 7, which is entitled Radio Goodies. So this is where they come up with the idea that Bill and Tim are going to have a pirate radio station and uh, Graham's going to build that for them. And then they ask for permission and, of course, it, it find, they find out that the form they put in didn't get to the people because of the post office. So Graham decides that they're also going to do a pirate post office. So combining the two of those, outside the five-mile limit, of course, uh, with the submarine, with the radio station in there and the po post office uh, and then trying to gather the mail and 
uh, having the go on balloons and trying to shoot it down and and of course only having the one record which was a walk in the black forest so the hit parade was a walk in the forest part one and then a walk in the forest part two and then of course graham gets consumed with power and he's going to pull he's going to tow the whole of the uk outside the five mile limit so that he could rule the whole of the united kingdom um i just thought that was terrific episode and again it was graham being the one on one hand and bill and tim on the other fighting against him in the long run uh it was all that was very amusing that i i always loved that episode uh the second one it would be i'm jumping forward here to series four so i think you'll find that a lot of these episodes of, that I love are from series four and five, and that could probably easily be explained in that I've had series four and five for a lot longer. I taped those off UK TV uh, many years ago, uh, so I probably watched them more than anything in this period, not when I was a kid, obviously. I saw them all, but in the last few years, I've probably seen four and five more than anything else. So series four, episode two is Invasion of the Moon Creatures, and in this episode, Graham has decided he's going to help the uh, UK enter the space race, and so he's sending two rabbits to the moon, two rabbits called Flopsy and Spyro. And uh, so they eventually send them off, and of course they lose contact with them, so they decide to send two more, but of course Graham <laughs> works out and sends Bill and Tim, and of course they get to the moon, and they get to the moon and they find out that uh, Flopsy and Spyro have taken over. Of course, Flopsy now is Big Bunny, and he's going to make them turn them into rabbits and con them into eating carrots to become rabbits, and then they come back to Earth. And of course, everyone praises the fact that England's first two astronauts have arrived back, and of course, they come out and they've turned into rabbits, which then moves on to several other things until Graham wins again. So, another episode where Graham is the protagonist I guess and and Bill and Tim are on the other side and that sort of goes between Graham being in charge to Graham trying to save them so again another episode where they work well within the the, the troop to create the comedy third episode is uh season four episode five and this is the stone age which is as I mentioned earlier one of my absolute favorites it's when they decide that they're all bored at home and that Graham says they should uh, do some potholing and tells them all that he's been researching and says that, you know, there are actual uh, cave dwellings and uh, prehistoric animals buried right beneath their house and, of course, he then falls down the hole that's created. So they all go down and they end up being caught inside the Tyrannosaurus Rex and <laughs> from there decide their court and how they're going to get out and what happens at the end and I just love this episode because I had recorded because I listened to it so often I can still see it as I go I can still quote things from it uh, Bill and Tim uh, having their soccer match where they're just commentating and uh, Chelsea is Bill's team and they get sent off and of course then he just brings in Pele and Eusebio and then Hayley Mills and Steve McQueen suddenly become a title team just little things like that. I, I love that. And when uh, Tim's telling Bill he's going down the hole and uh, and he's staying at the top and that uh, one is the raving loony and 
Bill in his big suit with the 4,000 pockets and he, they've all been eating two beans a day and he's got chickens and everything else down there. Really well done again. And again, you have a, a little bit of angst and between all three of them, obviously, but, but again, it's, at this time it's more Bill against him rather than Bill with Tim. Um, and then the payoff at the end when they get out of the dinosaur and the dinosaur, of course, is woken up. So I love that episode and then the next one is series four episode seven which is the race and the race is uh the three of the goodies are on holidays in france and they happen to be there on their their trandom the the bike the three-seater bike and they end up winning the tour de france by just having to be on the road that was going to be the end and they decide to stay in the country and enter some more races and of course graham enters them in the le mans 24-hour race they don't own a car Graham converts the their office, which I've never worked out how their office is actually in France, because uh, it's supposed to be in England, but the office is in France because they convert it to a car. And, of course, no one can drive, so Tim learns how to drive, all those things. And then you've got the, the, the French villain and then the, the race itself. And I, I love that episode too, for the same reason. And the music in it that Bill Oddie writes and, and performs all of the music and writes the music just spectacular and you know funny songs funny little incidences all that kind of stuff is just terrific from there we go to series five episode six which is scatty safari scatty safari is uh better known as the rolf harris episode where the goodies have their own uh, celebrity zoo more or less and they have celebrities rather than animals they have celebrities uh and obviously they Tony Blackburn is their big celebrity who was obviously something quite huge in the UK at the time, not that we'd know here in Australia. And they decide to let him go because he's pining for the fields and, of course, they let him go and <laughs> he gets shot by some bloke coming out, which is just awesome. And then they have to decide they need to find a new celebrity. And so, of course, they capture Rolf Harris. They come to Australia and capture him. Um, and then they find another zoo has another Rolf Harris, and of course then they breed, and then there are hundreds and hundreds of little Rolf Harrises, and they escape and take over England, and I love that, and um, I just think that's, I suppose, for Australians, because they actually showed, well, they obviously didn't come to Australia to film it, but they showed the Opera House and the Sydney Sydney Harbour Bridge and that they'd flown in and they'd come to catch Rolf Harris in the outback. At the time, as, as a young kid, I enjoyed that for as much as anything else. Oh, the goodies, they know Australia. They like Australia. How good's that? So, um, and then, of course, the Pied Piper uh, stuff at the end with the didgeridoo and all that kind of stuff. That's really good. Excellent.
The next episode, now we've done five, so we're into the final five, is Series 6, Series 5, sorry, Episode 7. And that is, sorry, I'm getting messages on my phone, let's ignore that, shall we? Series trying to tell me something. Um, Series 5, Episode 7, Kung Fu Capers. Now, who doesn't know Eki Thump? Eki Thump which is, as Bill explained it, <laughs> the secret Lancashire martial art known as Eki Thump, which mostly revolves around hitting unsuspecting people with black puddings while wearing flat caps and braces. <laughs> so, of course, Bill demonstrates it and he goes on and suddenly he's not just an expert, he's... Uh, Excellent at it, and he goes on, and then he makes some martial art films. I think one was Icky Thump meets Mary Poppins or something like that. Um, and then, of course, there's um, lots of confrontations and uh, different martial arts being shown. Of course, none of them are as good as Icky Thump uh, until the end when uh, they all die. But I remember running around the house at... Uh, at cousins' places after seeing that episode and going icky thump and then hitting each other over the head with a with a one of those long blow up sort of sticks I guess they are um, given that we don't don't have black pudding um, so we used those and it was always icky thump and then of course if you hit someone too hard with the icky thump you were sent to your room um, which did happen to me a couple of times but again um, that was great it, it, it was based around um, into the Dragon and that kind of stuff, and that was uh, always entertaining whenever that episode was on. Possibly my favourite of all time. I don't know. I, these these last four are all very much in the Stone Age and the race sort of equation. Series 5, episode 12, was Bun Fight at the OK Two Rooms. Um, this, what, this episode was just brilliantly done in a western atmosphere and the boys are going to pan for gold and, and find their fortune and of course they end up in Cornwall and they find uh, Cornish cream rather than gold and of course they say well the price is that it's great so of course Graham takes over um, he becomes again the enemy as he's so good at as the other two join together and he stakes the claim and takes all the money and then they decide that they're going to find there's a shortage of raspberry jam and scones or scones, depending on whether you are Bill or Tim. Scones if you are Bill, I believe, and scones if you are Tim. Which seems funny because I would have thought Tim would be more on who's a scone, but there you go. So that was the joke going on between there as well. So, of course, they found that. And Graham comes down, uh, says he wants to buy them out, and they say, no, we're going to buy you out, so... They meet up at the at the Western Bar and they, they play cards with toast and have cookies as part of the, the chips and find out that, of course, Graham's cheating because he has the toaster to, under his feet to pull out the extra card that he needs to win. And then you have the, the duel, the, um, the bun fight. It's not really a bun fight because they're using uh, tomato sauce bottles shaped as tomatoes to squirt tomato sauce to kill each other. And Bill's song again over that. Um, the 
the gunfight at the OKT rooms is terrific and the lyrics obviously are, are a part of the, the story and uh, it's the whole episode is entertaining for that because they, they've taken a concept that is in so many westerns and they've able to change that to involve their humour and still make it believable. I just I think that's a terrific episode. And then the following episode after that, Series 5, Episode 13, which is the last of that series, is called The End. So at the end <laughs> is where uh, Graham was going to develop the redesign of Kew Gardens, which is basically just big blocks of concrete because no one could afford to live there, so why bother having rooms because no one's going to be able to buy them. Uh, and then Bill and Tim, of course, uh, are against that. Tim writes a letter to the Queen, oh Queen, and finds out that it's Graham Garden and Graham can't spell his own name when he's taking notes for it. And then they find that they're encased in this great big block of concrete. So they were going to have to wait a certain amount of time, six months, I think, before they could get out. And then they worked out that that time was going to take longer because they had to wait until a certain number of bypasses were built and other things like, and then they would get to that. So it was going to be one year, six months, da, 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 however long it was. So they're all trapped in here together. And then of course, when it came time to, for that time to uh, pass and they were going to be out, they open the door and they find they're still trapped. And then they find out that the last, whatever the last uh, thing was that was going to be built, they've run out of money for. So they can't, Finish that, so of course, obviously, they're not going to get out. And then they said, Oh, we haven't paid your phone bill, so you lose your phone. And the TV was still on, and they said, No, there's a hundred percent cutbacks at the BBC, so the TV's gone. So it's just them, and they're trapped, and they can't get out. And so then, obviously, goes into uh, other comedic things with uh, in regards to um, finding religion, um, what are they going to eat when the food runs out, how are they going to keep themselves amused. All of those things just done so well in a in a like a one room uh, episode. Uh, so I, all of that's great, and then of course, as per usual, uh, you get to the end and they're just a little bit too late from being rescued. Excellently done, uh, funny all the way through, and still able to uh, reference world events and things like that by doing it. Uh, I really do enjoy that episode. Series 6, Episode 6, is entitled 2001 and a Bit. Now, for probably fairly obvious reasons, this was always a favourite because this is the cricket episode. This is the episode where uh, we're set in the future and Tim, Bill and Graham all have all play their own sons, but the sons were mixed up at birth, all from the same mother. Uh, so Bill ends up playing Tim's son, so it's Bill Brooke-Taylor. Uh, and Graham plays Bill's son, Graham Oddie, with the, his father's uh, aggro, and Tim then plays Bill's son. Uh, sorry, not Bill's son. Tim plays Graham's son, as the so he's the scientist. So in the long run, what they come down to is that uh, all sport became very violent because it they decided the sport to be more interesting had to be more violent. And then, of course, now everything's violent and, of course, we're all playing rollerball. So Graham Oddie is uh, playing rollerball and it's all violent and they decide that 
it's just too boring now. So what have they got to do to increase the interest in sport? And they need to find a boring sport which will show some interest. So, of course, most people would say, oh, cricket. And that's exactly what they do. They end up going to um, the, well, it's Lords, and they go to the MCC and they discover the ground and all the old gear and they try to work out historically, of course, they don't know. They're wearing pads on their heads and um, boxes on different places and they then decide that it's just so boring and so then, of course, the rollerball boys come in and they say they want to play cricket and the reason I like this episode is is the cricket aspect. I mean, in the long run, is and the fact that they all play each other's sons and they, they have to play a different character than they normally would because they're using, utilising the aspects of their father who's not their father. So you've got Graham who is very aggro because he's Bill's son and you've got Bill who is very much um, pacifist and or, and uh, obviously royalist as well. And then you've got Tim who plays uh, as, as playing Graham's son uh, as the as as the oh, scientist, sorry, just the scientist. So all of that's excellent as well, and I I think that whether maybe it's not one of the the most interesting episodes for most people, and I would understand why. Uh, for me, because it involved cricket, it really was, it was one that always took me. And um, people always said, "Oh, that must be your favourite episode." Well, it's not, but it's one of those ones that I can watch. So the final episode I've got of my favourites is Series 7, Episode 6, which is called Earth and Asia. So it's Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock, I think. Everyone's they're starting to think about giving their gifts and then the TV comes over the TV comes a word that the world leaders have decided the world will end at midnight tonight. And so they get to blow it up. And so, of course, there is all this consternation, a bit like in the end, it's but in different ways because they're not trapped, but... They've all got to decide what they're going to do with their last hours on Earth and whatever, and um, that's all really amusing. And then, of course, we get to midnight, and uh, they all think that's over, and and, and um, they say, "Oh, it's not over, it's whatever." And then Graham says, "Oh no, yeah, I just put the clock back a minute, and as he said that, and the wall explodes, and the episode ends." So there you go. Then they're my favourite. 10 episodes, that probably took a bit longer to explain to than I needed to, but it's that there is another 20 episodes there that I could I could use in this kind of a list to drool over and go on about, but I won't because they're great to watch. I think it's important though now that we come to now where we have COVID this year and, and we had the sad news halfway through the year that Tim Brooke Taylor had died and he had died through COVID-related uh, causes. And I guess that even then, rather than now, I reflected more then than I do now about how good The Goodies was as a TV show and how good they all were in the show and, and how um, easily brilliant Tim Brooke Taylor was. Um, it's It's a terrible thing to have to look back on someone like that when they died, and especially in in such a year as we've had. But I think that was the great thing about the show. They allowed their humour to transcend all that. They were quite happy to make fun of death, to make fun of um, 
normal held beliefs and to find a funny side to it. So 50 years on, uh, it's still worth celebrating and uh, if you've got any episodes at home or whether you can find them still on YouTube or whatever it is, I think it's worth looking back on them and remembering just how good some of those episodes were. Alrighty, well, thank you for bearing with me through that. It, uh, I probably did waffle on a little bit too long, and that's what happens when I don't have complete and utter notes in front of me to go through, and I just try to go by memory. But I hope that you enjoyed the little trip down memory lane about this terrific show and this terrific trio, and that uh, it does inspire you to go out and hopefully find some old episodes and have a look yourself and remind you just how good these guys were and how terrific their show was. So yes, uh, off the beaten track today and uh, no doubt we'll go back to some sort of sport related thing for the next one if I don't find anything else to talk about. Anyway, for those of you who have listened, I once again always appreciate the fact that uh, people take the time to listen to this. It's uh, more for me to enjoy getting stuff off my chest, but if it helps other people pass the time, then it's even better. And don't forget, if you ever want to leave a, a comment or a message, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Metal Cavern. And if you click on the button there that says leave a message, you can leave me a message and I'll get that. And then I can even reply to you if you in a later episode. Anyway, thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, may the force be with you.